Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the Come Follow Me Bible Challenge. My name is Jeremy Howard, and I am the pastor of Orchard Hills Bible Church in Payson, Utah. And we have reached the second half of the uh, Old Testament study through the Come Follow Me uh, schedule. For, that's the curriculum used by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to go through the Old Testament in one year. And this is the uh, lesson for June 27th through July 3rd on 1 Kings 17 through 19. And uh, this puts us into uh, July, gets us into the second half. If you've been following along, there's been one of these every week for all of 2022, starting with the book of Genesis, all the way back in Genesis chapter 1. So if you've missed out on those, you can catch them. Whether you're listening to this uh, on podcast form, just audio, or it's YouTube or Facebook, you can find the playlist that contains all of these lessons on any of those platforms, and you can just go back through and catch up if you've missed any of them. But uh, today, we will be talking about 1 Kings 18, just a section within 1 Kings 18. And before we, uh, before we get there, I want us to look at Deuteronomy 13. We need to be reminded about something from the law, before we go and examine this narrative from 1 Kings 18. So this is Deuteronomy chapter 13, starting in verse 1. It says, If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods whom you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him, and you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, he shall be put to death, because he has counseled rebellion against the Lord your God, who brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery to seduce you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall purge the evil from among you. All right, so what's being said here uh, through Moses to the nation of Israel is that, uh, look, when false prophets come along and they try to entice you, to go after some other God, a God who cannot save, a God who's not even real, well, you need to reject that prophet, and actually those prophets need to be put to death. You shall purge the evil from among you. Okay, well, with that backdrop, let's get into 1 Kings chapter 18. This is a very interesting time in Israel's history. Uh, there are There are false gods, there's false worship, idolatry taking place in the nation, and there are uh, these false gods called Baals or Baals. I, Baal is probably the right way to pronounce that. It's B-A-A-L, Baal or Baal. I'm going to say Baal because it's easier, and I'm probably going to be saying it a few times. But uh, you have in Israel a bunch of false prophets for these false gods, not just the Baals, and there were a variety of them, but the Asherah, which is the female version of these false gods. And there were, it says, 450 prophets in Israel for the Baals and 400 for the Asherah. 
And Ahab, who was the king at the time in Israel, he was a wicked king, and uh, he, he didn't like Elijah. Elijah was a true prophet, a prophet of God, and he comes on the scene here in Israel speaking against the Baals and the Asherah, and he is representing the one true God. And there's a bit of a showdown that this leads to where uh, you got this wicked king and all these false prophets who are, who are going to just finally shut Elijah up. They're going to show him up, and, and he's just going to be um, someone who can be put to death at that point. But Elijah says, yeah, let, let's have a showdown between gods, because it's really not a showdown between prophets. It's a showdown between gods. And uh, let's see whose God is stronger. And so we're going to jump into 1 Kings 18 and, and read about that, starting in verse 20. So Ahab, that's the king, he sent a message among all the sons of Israel and brought the prophets together on Mount Carmel. Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Now let them give us two oxen, and let them choose one ox for themselves, and cut it up, and place it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other ox, and lay it on the wood, and I will not put fire under it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people said, that is a good idea. I like that response. That, that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll we'll have a little showdown of the gods. So do you have the picture in your head? Two oxen, one ox chopped up, placed on uh, some wood, but no fire underneath. Another oxen, an ox, another ox, same thing, chopped up, and they're putting no fire under the ox. They're not making a sacrifice the normal way but they're going to call out to their gods to rain down fire from heaven. And Elijah says, let's see whose God responds. Okay, well, let's just uh, keep reading, picking up at verse 25. So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one ox for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. Then they took the ox which was given them, And they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. O Baal, hear the words of our mouths. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they leaped about the altar which they made. It came about at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Call out with a loud voice, for he is a god. Either he is occupied or gone aside or is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and needs to be awakened. You can just imagine how they responded to that, right? So they cried with a loud voice and cut themselves according to their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out on them. When midday was past, they raved until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice, no one answered, and no one paid attention. Well, not a good start for the uh, Baal worshipers. Their God is not hearing them. And Elijah, you heard just then, he was mocking them. This is righteous mocking. And uh, they were doing what they could, trying to get their God to, to move. But he's not budging an inch. 
Well, let's see now what happens with Elijah and the God of Israel, the true God, Yahweh. Verse 30, Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, or had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. So with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two measures of seed. Then he arranged the wood and cut the ox in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four pitchers with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water flowed around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. (laughs) You see what he's doing here? He's setting the stage, right? This is the... uh, definition of setting the stage. He's getting it all ready, and it's being more and more dramatic here with adding the water. There's just water everywhere. How is fire going to consume all of this when it's soaked with water? Okay, let's finish this chapter out. Verse 36. At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, Today let it be known that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench, When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, Yahweh, He is God. Yahweh, He is God. Then Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal, and do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and slew them there. Wow. Uh, Yahweh wins. The God of Israel, the one true God, he wins. And the false prophets, according to the law, had to die. And so they died. They were killed. They were slain by the edge of the sword. Well, uh, let's, let's see what we can take away from this. Uh, there are a few other passages I want to bring in to kind of color in the picture. Uh, one from the Psalms and one from, uh, or a few from Isaiah. All right. Psalm 115, very important psalm. Starting in verse 1, it says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory, because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. Why should the nations say, Where now is their God? But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have feet, but they cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throat. Those who make them will become like them. Everyone who trusts in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Here we see just a basic contrast between false gods and the real God. The real God is real. 
He is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. He created all things. Whereas the false gods, they are creations of man. Whether this is a figment of man's imagination, whether it's a painting, whether it's a statue, whether it's a golden calf or, or whatever, this these false gods are just the works of man's hands. They are they're creations of man, whereas the real God is man's creator. You see the contrast there? Well, Isaiah gets into real detail about this contrast when uh, those he gets into like uh, chapter 40, from chapter 40 to 48, 49. The book of Isaiah really picks up theological steam in describing who God is. And so I want to read to you from... Uh, chapter 43, verse 10, and then a few others. Isaiah 43, 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Listen to this. Before me there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. He's the only God who has ever existed. There is no other God. Isaiah 44, 8. Do not tremble and do not be afraid. Have I not long since announced it to you and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? Or is there any other rock? I know of none. (laughs) Here God is testifying to his uniqueness as the only God who has ever existed, the only God that will ever exist. He's testifying to that with his own knowledge. And God knows all things. So if he says that he knows of no other God, that means there is no other God because his knowledge is perfect. Isaiah 45, verses 5 and 6. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that men may know from the rising to the setting sun that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. You think he's wanting you to get the message? He's speaking so clearly and repetitively here. He is the only God. There is no other God. Isaiah forty-five twenty-two. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is no other. So he's not just making sure that everyone has correct theology, that everyone knows that there's only one God. He's not just wanting everyone to be monotheistic and that's it. He is here calling out to recognize who he is. He's calling out to man, and of course at this time it's Israel specifically. He's calling out to them, believe in me, the one true God, that you may be saved. Don't just understand, acknowledge that he's the only God that there is, though that's true and that's good. But in addition to that, believe, trust in him as your Savior, the one true God. There is no Savior besides Yahweh, the God of Israel, the one true God. Well, um, there's one verse back in 1 Kings 18 that we read earlier that I want you to dwell on as we consider uh, this reality that there is but one God and we are to believe in him so as to be saved. And that's uh, all the way back in verse 21. 1 Kings 18, 21. 
It says, Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. How long will you hesitate between two opinions? You have the prophets of false gods saying, Believe in us. Trust in our gods that aren't real. They're the works of man's hands. And then you have Elijah calling out saying, Believe in Yahweh, the God of Israel, who delivered Israel from the Egyptians, who has made Israel a nation, who has given Israel a future. Why are you going to hesitate between these two opinions? And look how simple he makes it. If the Lord, Yahweh, is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. And how fitting in this series entitled, Come Follow Me. Perhaps there are some of you who are hesitating between two opinions. Maybe your experience with God has been a disappointing one because you feel like he's not hearing prayers, he's not answering prayers, he's not involved in your life, he's not showing any kind of sovereign action. In fact, you've had maybe a lot of bad things happen. Maybe you're depressed and anxious and worried, bothered all the time, and you're wondering, where is God? Is God even real? Well, just like those Baal worshipers who were calling out to Baal to send fire from heaven, nothing's happening. And Elijah, the righteous prophet, he's over there mocking them, saying, yeah, maybe he's asleep, cry louder, knowing the whole time, of course, these guys aren't real. Well, I'm not here to uh, mock anybody today, but I am here to call out to you and say, maybe you're not experiencing the powerful, sovereign, gracious, merciful God because you don't know him. Perhaps you've been calling out to a false God, and perhaps it's time to stop hesitating between two opinions. But look, if the God of the Bible is real, follow him. Don't hesitate, but follow. Leave everything else behind. Drop it all. Let go of whatever you're holding on to that's getting in between you and the one true God. And follow God. Recognize the gospel in the person and work of Jesus Christ and the free grace that is offered to every sinner who believes, who confesses his sin and believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Recognize that grace that's sitting there for you and that you have total and full assurance of salvation through resting in the works of Christ, that you have total and absolute exaltation with God. It's Ephesians 2, 6, by the way, where once you believe, you can say, I've already been exalted. I've been lifted up and seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And let me tell you, there's no higher place to go if you've been lifted up and seated in the heavenlies with Jesus Christ, there's, uh, there's nowhere else for you to go. That's as high as you can go. How about you, you drop what you have in your hands and you hold on to that and you let go of any kind of false worship and you embrace the God who hears, the God who sees, the God who speaks, the God who responds to your prayers. Would today be the day that you make that decision and you follow him? I hope it is. Well, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate you coming along for this ride, and I really hope that that these things will provoke your thinking and that you have um, 
I don't know, that you just have a blessed meditation on these realities. Thanks for joining me again, and God bless.